Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Happy Resurrection Day to each and every one of you. How are you today? You guys look amazing. And uh, wasn't the worship amazing today as well? That was just so powerful. Come on, give it up for them. Done such an amazing job this weekend. Man, we've had some incredible services last night, today, first service, second service here. And uh, I've just found myself just caught up and just being reminded this weekend of what Jesus has done for me. And uh, just have taken that in. And uh, I'm awe-inspired, I'm thankful, and I'm humbled by it. But uh, welcome to this Easter service today. And I love Easter because I love empty crosses and empty tombs. How about you? I love that. And Pastor Mike said it a moment ago, as we're in here and we're talking about the resurrection and being resurrected and living a resurrected life, the kids are being ministered today to in the kids' ministry, live worship over there, hearing about the resurrection. So thankful for our kids' ministry workers. They are such a tremendous blessing as well. Well, you know, we watch news. We hear so much news is going on around us, isn't it? Every single day, all throughout the day, radio, television, whatever it may be, on uh, your smartphone. But do you know what the most searched question is on the internet this time of year right now? I heard this on the news this week. Now, if you were with me in previous services, you know what that is. Do you know what it is? Do bunnies lay eggs? That is the most searched right now. And which one of you did that? Because I need to clear that up. Bunnies do not lay eggs, okay? Ever, okay? (laughs) By the way, ever, ever, ever. But, you know, we get sometimes fixated on the news, don't we? We watch it, we take it in, sometimes a little too much. What a season we're living in, really. We are living in some of the most interesting times ever, really. We are. I mean, we've come out of the news and still trying to come out of a pandemic, Um, You turn on the news at all, you know, we realize there's been grief and loss over these last two years that we've all experienced. And then we also see here in the last couple of months where Ukraine is being invaded by Russia and countless innocent lives are being killed for no reason at all. The inflation, the sky-high bills that all of us are paying the talk about electric vehicles, I can't even afford an electric vehicle, so I guess they can keep talking about it, but whatever. What we hear is bad news upon bad news. And uh, have you ever been listening to really a TV broadcast, and they've said, in other news? You ever heard that before? Yeah, in other news. What they're trying to do is move it from something that's really heavy news, that's not so good news, to something that is good news. In other news, and they're shifting it to try to move to something a little lighter. How many of you know that in a world full of bad news, a little good news goes a long way? Amen? A little good news goes a long, long way for sure. Bad news makes good news better. Good news is always good news, though. And so, but if you didn't have some bad news, you wouldn't actually appreciate the good news in its entirety. For instance, God protects his people. We've heard that. We've seen that in his word. But how many of you know it's better news when you're being attacked? Amen? It's good news that God is a healer. It's better news when you're sick in your body and you have a disease that you need a healer. Right? It's good news that God is a restorer. 
But how many of you know it's better news when you have something in your hand that is broken that needs to be fixed? It's good news that God is a deliverer, but can I get a witness today on this Easter morning that it's better news when you're bound and you're broken and you're addicted that he is your deliverer? Amen? That's great news. That is amazing news. It's good news that God is a forgiver, but it's so much better news when you recognize I am a sinner, need forgiveness. To everyone here today, it's good news that God is a resurrector, but it's a whole lot better news when you recognize I'm dead and I need to be resurrected. And I hope you know that your God, he is the one who came to bring you life, John 10, and life more abundantly. There's so much bad news all around us, but it's Easter, and Easter provides us with good news today. And there's a lot of good news, and we need to realize that in the gospel, in a landscape that we live in full of fear and full of bad news, it's good news. That's what I want to talk to you today out of Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, you'll turn there with me. It's the first book in the New Testament. That I want to remind each of us today that Jesus has been resurrected and wants to resurrect those things in our life that need to come alive. In other news, there are some good things that God is doing in the world that we live in, in spite of the bad news. Matthew 28, verse 1. This is a chapter that's power-packed. It's explosive with power because in this chapter, it talks about the cross, it talks about the burial, it talks about his resurrection, and it talks about the Great Commission. These are amazing points inside of this chapter. In verse 1, it starts off by saying, after the Sabbath at dawn. Can somebody say at dawn with me? At dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. The good news is that the darker the night, the brighter the morning. And I hope that you understand this today from God's word. Jesus died on a Friday, and that Friday that he died, his followers, the Bible says, scattered. Everybody thought it was over. They gave up hope, and the disciples went back to fishing. All of their hope, their faith had died in that moment with him on that day. Why? Well, this is the Messiah. Why? Well, he shouldn't have died, right? He's our Lord and Savior. On, on Friday, the Christian movement stopped. On Saturday, the earth was silent. On Sunday, a few women, they go. They go to pay their respects to honor the dead body of Jesus Christ who had been crucified. On Friday and Saturday, the night was dark. But notice what the verse says. The text says that they came after the Sabbath at dawn. Have you ever noticed that it's always darkest just before dawn? It's like pitch black, right? You've been out there, you've seen that. You've been out there, you, you don't have any light. You, it's so dark you couldn't even see your hand in front of you because there is no light. It's darkest just before dawn. There doesn't seem to be any hope. But as you keep looking out, 
you begin to see as dawn starts to come, there's a glimmer of hope in the distance. Before you know it, the sun comes up in the sky and envelops the whole sky and there is light. You're able to see things that you weren't able to see before. Darkness precedes the light. It seems like things have to get worse before they get better. How many of you found that out in your life? It seems like things in our life many times, they have to get worse before they take the turn and they have to get better. But I want you to see this today through scripture. I want to remind you that the darker the night, the brighter the morning. Jesus had to die in order for his life to be resurrected. Without the resurrection, the cross is absolutely meaningless to every single one of us. But with the resurrection, we can get through anything. And the scriptures say these women show up to this tomb. They're coming to pay their respects. They're coming to pay honor to the dead body of Jesus. It's darkness, but as they get to the tomb, to their amazement, an angel from heaven comes down with a mighty earthquake, and with it, the stone is rolled away. And the angel, the angel invited them into the tomb and said, go look inside. Jesus is not here, for he has risen. Now, the angel, understand, did not roll away the stone to get Jesus out. No, it's a whole lot better news than that. The angel rolled the stone away so that you and I could get in and see. The stone is an illustration. It is a metaphor of our own belief, of our own doubts that we have many times, even with God, that he rolled the stone away so that God could get in and cause us to see that Jesus is no longer there because Jesus is interested in getting straight to our heart. Understand, our God is not trapped. Our God is never held hostage. He cannot be cornered because our God is too big. If God wants to get out of something, all he has to do is speak the word, right? The stone was never holding him in. The stone was keeping us out. But the good news of Easter is the stone has been rolled away, and you and I are now invited into a relationship with our risen Lord and Savior. Friday, the cross shouted death. Saturday, it was silent, but nobody knew that Sunday was coming. And as Sunday came, I want to encourage you that Sunday was shouting in other news. In other news, you can have a life that's lived more abundantly. In, in other news today, darkness is not here to stay. Don't give up hope. There, there's so much bad news out there and bad facts of the day, but don't give up hope. Acronym for hope. Hold on, pain ends. Don't let go of your hope today. Jesus is alive. And, and the women, they get the news, don't be afraid. Jesus has risen. It's amazing because we, we look at the facts that Jesus is not here, but we can miss the truth. Jesus is alive. Right? He is alive. And the fact is, our world seems to be getting darker day by day in the craziness of the things that are happening. But Jesus is alive this morning. And if Jesus is alive, you and I can get through absolutely anything that we are going through, we are thinking about today, we're struggling through, we're frustrated about, we feel like we're held captive to. There's good news today. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to meet you, and I'm, I want you to tell the disciples, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. And Jesus ends up meeting them. At the end of uh, Matthew 28, he gives them this thing called the Great Commission. 
And uh, yes, go and make disciples. That's the Great Commission, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But before he gives them the Great Commission, here at verse 18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All of authority, all the authority. That's a powerful truth right there. And I want to remind you what this truth means, that as you realize Jesus has all authority today, and I think we lose sight of that in the world we live in. He has authority over politics and government. He has authority over all industry and businesses. He has authority over the stock market today. God is in charge of it all. He has authority over science and education. He has authority over entertainment, media, radio, television. The internet has to bow to the name of Jesus. He has authority over our lives. He has authority over our disease today. So put your trust in Jesus, the one who conquered it all, who conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. It looked like a dark night when he was dead, but, but nobody had any idea that Sunday was just around the corner at that moment. Dawn is on the way. Don't give up hope that Jesus still has all authority. I just wonder, can you give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise because he has all the authority today, amen? He has all authority in your life and over this world that we live in. The Apostle Paul says this later on in the Gospels where he's relating to them this. He was raised, the same spirit that raised Jesus' body. I'm trying to tell you this, that the same fullness is ready today to pay all the expense for you to get you up out of your grave and whatever has locked you down. So when Jesus went to the cross, he went for me. He went as me. So when he went into the grave, as me, he got up as me. And Paul makes this connection in Ephesians 2 and verse 1. And here's what he says. And you, he made, what? Alive, who were dead in trespasses in sin. In other words, Jesus got up as a shadow of you on that resurrection day. And if he didn't get up, I couldn't get up. And if he didn't get up, you couldn't get up. But when Jesus got up, you got up. When he got up, I got up. When he died, I died with him. That's why death has no more power over me because of what Jesus Christ has done for me and done for you as well. That we can tell the enemy the debt has been paid in full on Calvary. I don't owe you anymore. Jesus paid my debt. He took my debt and he rose up. All of this was done that we might know him, the apostle Paul says, in the power of his resurrection. Do you know that God wants you to know him and the power of his resurrection today? All of this was done so that you and I might identify with him. He got up out of the grave and Paul says, I got up with him. I got up with him. The question is, are we really resurrected? Or are we still stuck where he was? Are we still living where he used to be? Are we still allowing ourselves to be trapped in a grave? Are we trapped in a grave that we are called to have grace over? Are we living in a tomb that we should be evicted from? We are stuck in a grave, though, many times that God is calling us out of. And sometimes that can come because of a mindset we have. We're stuck in a mindset. We're stuck in a mentality. We're stuck in things because they're familiar. But God has called us out of those things. In your seats are a card that we're going to be talking about, an info card about our series that's starting next week. And it's called Escape Room. And we're going to be talking about mentalities and things that God has called us out of, but many times we're still living in. 
such as anxiety and depression, offense, and revenge. So I hope that you're able to be a part of it for the next four weeks after this when we talk about Jesus that wants to help us escape from the very things that he died for and set us free from. How many of you know it's natural to be nasty? Right? Like Janet Jackson, nasty, right? Right? You know, we, we get this. You, you don't have to take little children uh, to a class and help them learn about lying. How many of you are with me, parents? I mean, your, par- your kids, you naturally do this. We did this too growing up, right? You, they, they steal a cookie and you say, who got into the cookies? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Did you? Mm-mm. Crumbs all over the mouth, whatever, chocolate. You know, crumbs in their lap, whatever it may be. Children never have to take a class on lying. We are, by nature, nasty, right? Because the Bible says we are all sinners. We're all sinners. But I love what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 says. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. By grace, when he got up, we got up as well. So, so the church is not on the cross, and the church is not in the grave because we've been made alive together with Jesus Christ. Tell somebody next to you, he got me out of my grave. Come on, you don't have to know him to say it. He got me out of my grave. Come on, turn to the person next, on the other side of you and say, he got me out of my grave. He can get me up out of my grave. I know he can get you up out of your grave. Amen? He can get you up out of your grave today because he got me up, and I know that. That is for sure, and that's the truth. He got me out. We see a hint of this when Jesus raised raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised him out of the position of the dead when he called him out of the grave. Lazarus, I'm getting ready to change your position. Come forth. What he was doing was teaching the disciples that you can change, and you need to change your condition. And I don't know about you, I'm still changing my condition, but my position has already been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So so in our lives, many times, we're still living in our old way of life. We're still living on our condition. And he told Lazarus, you need to come forth, and you can come forth today. There are people in this room, God wants you to come forth in Jesus' name. That listen, some of you have been saved and forgiven, and you are still walking around bent over like you were lame. You're still living with an old mindset. But when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, he had to change his position out of the dead man position and rise up so that he can meet the position that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? Some of you today, God's going to change your condition because you're going to get a vision of his position in him. In him. When Christ rose from the dead, he didn't rise up to an old life where death was a threat. He rose up in the next dimension to die no more. So he raised to the next dimension. We were alive together with Christ. Why am I living in the grave dimension when I ought to be living in the resurrected dimension? Why why am I still living back here when God's called me to live in heavenly places? Listen, I haven't been to heaven yet and neither have you, but I'm living in heavenly places. 
There's a lot of bad news that's going on around us and the things of the world, things in our own life that can weigh us down. But how many of you know why you're enduring the pain of this earth? You can still worship and praise the Lord and it can take you into heavenly places before him. Amen. While you're enduring the pain of earth, your heart and your mind can live in the heavenly place that he's called for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. What I'm trying to get you to see is we're called to be risen people. I mean, that's what this day's about, that we celebrate, that we're called to celebrate every day. If we have a risen Lord, we need to be risen people. We need to be a risen church. The problem with most of us is we're stuck in the grave stage rather than the grace stage. We're stuck in our grave, and we just read it. God has given us grace to overcome and endure it. Grace is the resurrected church. Grace is the resurrected life. Listen, have you ever gone through something that normally you would flip out about, but for some reason, this time's different. See, see the, what happened is the devil mailed it to your old address, but you don't live there anymore. How many of you are with me? Right? You're not there any longer. So what he's doing is he's seeking for the living amongst the dead. And, and, and what used to drive you crazy, frustrated, bonkers, right, it doesn't drive you crazy anymore because God has given you such a grace to go through it. You got a peace that doesn't even make sense. That every now and then, the, the, the devil will send a letter to your old address. And he's, he's looking for you to still be in the grave that you've already come out of. But God has given you such a grace that you can't even explain why you're not even upset. You heard what he said but it didn't affect you like it used to affect you because you're living in heavenly places. Amen? When you, when you got grace, you can deal with the grid of life. Now, let me say that again. When you have the grace of God, you can deal with the grid of this earth. And it's not fun, but you can deal with it because of the grace of God that is upon your life, because it's a new grace, because something new is in you. It doesn't bother you like it did before because you got the grace of God. I want you to understand that grace can cause you to go through something that would burn other people up, and it won't burn you up because you have the grace to go through it. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 2, that he shed his blood as a propitiation or atone is another word for our sins. And I, I've looked at that word propitiation. I've looked it up. I've tried to get some revelation on it. But it didn't give me the revelation, to, to, the total fullness that I was looking for. I understand that it meant to cover. I understand it meant to satisfy. I, I get those. But, but I didn't get it until I fully heard about and understood more about aerodynamics. That when they take space shuttles into the heavenlies, they have a propitiator as they change atmospheres. When they get ready to go from one atmosphere to the next, the friction of entering into the next dimension would cause the astronaut to burn up in the capsule, but they have a propitiator. It's a thermal protector system. And the propitiator is designed so that the friction that should have burned them up, the propitiator observes the friction so the astronauts remain alive. Some of you have gone through some stuff in your life that should have killed you. But because you have Jesus in your life, the propitiator, he says that when you walk through the water, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, I am right there with you. I wonder if you could give Jesus thanks for that today. Amen. 
He is your atoning sacrifice and your propitiator this morning. Amen. I want you to hear this story of Micah Henry from our church who has witnessed the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a Sunday, it was a normal day we was here. We went home and just like felt just like a little bit of indigestion. No chest pain another day. The last thing I remember is drinking some water. And hit the floor. I woke up in the hospital eight days later. In the meantime, after I hit the floor, my stepson was there, come out, started performing. CPR on me. Wife come down the steps, called the ambulance. He um, called the ambulance and um, he was 14 at the time. I had him start CPR while I was on the phone with the dispatcher. Um, it took him about 10 minutes to get there. They he did CPR for about 10 minutes um, before the first uh, deputy sheriff arrived and the ambulance shortly after. Um, he was dead, purple. It was really scary. Uh, my son was very upset, and I just I reached back and, and I told him, now is the time we pray. And there was such a peace that came over me at that time, I just knew it was going to be okay, and which he had died several times to the point where the machine said, um, that's it, like he's done, but they kept working, like they didn't give up, everybody kept working, we kept praying, and and then when we got to the hospital, the doctor was waiting in the cath lab. We found out then that he had 200% blockages. So they put stents in. First thing I remember waking up in the hospital, my daughter while I was there, Shauna told me that uh, I had a heart attack, which was hard to believe because I was in decent shape at the time. I, the last thing I thought of. And then I stayed in the hospital for another five days after that, so it's 13 days total. When the doctor came out of the cath lab, he pretty much had given us about a 1% chance that Micah would come out of this. Um, he said that only 5% of people that have this type of heart attack at home survive and that even if he survived, he didn't know how long he was without oxygen. And so the brain and the heart are two different issues. But we would wait and see what the night brought and go from there. 
and he made it through the night. Pastor John came that night. Um, all of our friends and family were there. Uh, so I went back in and the nurse was like, just, just give it a minute. When he came out of the cath lab on Sunday, he had about a 15% heart function. On Tuesday, he was already up to 47%. You only have about a 65% for a normal person anyway. So he had improved that much in two days. So Micah really wanted the tube out of his throat and the doc, he just wasn't ready. And it was God at work again because he ended up getting a blood clot, but thankfully the tube was still in and they were able to reach in with a tool and pull that blood clot out. And he came back around again. I'm not sure if the same outcome would have happened had he not had the tube still in. So, once again, God was looking out for Micah. Yeah, when you're in a situation like that, the difference between coming out of it and not coming out of it is you gotta have prayers and faith working. You can't go get it then, you gotta have it in you. You gotta have people around you that has it in them. So I was very thankful to have some people, including here at Abundant Life Church, that know how to pray. Uh, and that makes the difference. I think it was the second day I was home. I got up, I was by myself, I was looking in the mirror. I lost 25 pounds in 13 days, 25 pounds that I didn't lose. Thinking this is this is going to be a this is going to be a little bit of road back. So I immediately got into the word everywhere I could get it written word, preach word. I was back in church on this one Sunday here, and just kept putting that word in me, kept putting that seed in me, produce that healing. Continue to have other people pray for you, but you want your own faith built up to take what's already been bought for you. So now I'm part of the 20%. I have no chest pains. I have no heart side effects. I take almost little to no medicine. I can do anything that I did before. The difference between being healed and being whole and unwhole. It took a little time. I made it. I was resurrected. that testimony, amen. Micah, Shauna, thank you for sharing that story. It is an overwhelming story as you think how a life that could have been taken at his young age, but God resurrected him. And, um, you know, as Micah said, you know, he was serving the Lord before, and he even has a deeper hunger for Christ now. I love the words that he said in there as well. Like, when you're going through something, you, you need to know God before you're going to get ready to go through it. you got to have faith. 
There's some things coming in our lives. We don't know what's next. But if I got God now, I know he's going to take care of me later. Right? And so such a powerful word to us that we're called to live a resurrected life. Well, how do we do that? Well, verse 6, come and see the place where he lay. They go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There you will see me. Same words that he said the last supper. In other news, your confession is absolutely contagious. Absolutely. What's so powerful to me about the Easter story is the Easter story from beginning to end has always been meant to be shared. Go and tell. Go and tell. Can you say that with me? Go and tell. Let's say it again. Go and tell. He says it right here. You know, many times when we hear something that's too good to be true, we hold it into ourselves, don't we? We don't say it. No, he said, this news is too good to not be shared. Go and tell somebody that needs this message. The gospel, the resurrection is a confession we all make. And when we make a confession in our life, it's absolutely contagious. But these women had an encounter with their Savior. How do we live a resurrected life? Four things before we bring this to an end. Verse 9, Jesus met them. Number one, meet Jesus. Meet with him. Jesus wants to meet you today. Jesus is not a celebrity that you go get your picture with and say, hey, you're special. Look at him. No, that's not him. No, he wants to meet you. He wants to meet you. Jesus doesn't want to meet a certain category of people. We sometimes think that to be true, but no. He wants to meet anyone and everyone because he loves everybody. To those women, go and tell others he's alive. He greeted them, and then they hear Jesus. Hear his voice today. I'm speaking But the Holy Spirit is as well. He's speaking to your spirit. He's speaking truth to you today. What is he saying to you? Hear his voice. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to calm you. He wants to help you confess something. Your confession is then contagious. Then they fell at his feet and worshiped him. We're not here today for a motivational speech. We're not here for just some good principles. We're here because of our reverence and our awe that is directed to a God who conquered death, hell, and the grave for you. May we stand in awe of that. My best response to Jesus is to humbly come before him and worship him with my life. Worship is more than singing. Worship is your life. What are you doing with your life? Is it worshiping him? Lastly, yeah, they obey Jesus and they go tell others. Do not be afraid to go and tell others about Jesus. That he's alive today. The Easter message starts with come and see and it ends with go and tell. Come and see, but go and tell. 
the only way Christians and churches thrive in this world is more than just come and see what we're doing. No, it's as we leave this place today and our lives are changed again by this radical message of Scripture that we go and tell others because your confession is absolutely contagious and nobody can take it away from you. There's bad news, but in other news today, I have some very good news. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Last month, I I stood outside the tomb where Jesus was laid. The borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea that my heart again was overwhelmed with a humility and an awe as I stood there. And then as I walked inside to see the very tomb where Jesus once was, it is empty. In other news today, Jesus is alive and he's no longer in the tomb and and, uh, you and I can be alive as well. Amen. That's the truth of scripture. Some good news. But let me tell you something today. If you allow it, bad news will steal your faith and steal your joy. If you'll allow it, if you focus though on the good news, you begin to change your perspective and you realize you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That when Jesus got up, you got up as well. When Jesus was resurrected, you were resurrected. And that's why Jesus self-proclaims about himself in Luke eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. If Jesus was not resurrected, we wouldn't even be here today. There wouldn't be a church on this soil or anywhere in the world. But because Jesus is alive, we're here today. And we get to celebrate this simple and profound truth that he is alive forevermore. Maybe today as you come, you realize, well... I see what Jesus Christ has done for me, but I'm still living in my old life. I'm still living with an old mindset. I'm still living with an old perspective. I'm still thinking old thoughts. I'm still living in my addiction. I'm still living lost. But I can tell you today that today you can change that in just a moment. You can change it by your confession that is absolutely contagious. You can change it today by coming finding Christ and following after him. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the resurrection because Jesus is alive. We are alive today. This church is here. Through your death and your burial, your resurrection, that we are promised a brand new life as new creations in you. That your resurrection changes everything. Everything. And today, those of you that are here, those of you that are watching online, if you're ready to walk out of your grave and you're ready to change your condition to match his position in Christ, you can do that right now. And it's simply coming by faith, the childlike faith that scripture tells each of us to have. I know we have doubts. I have doubts too. I ask questions too, just like you. But simply today, by you coming and bringing yourself before him and simply by faith, simply by believing. And if you pray just a simple prayer of you asking Christ in, and it's, it's easy to do that in this moment, but if you mean it in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you are saved, Scripture says. So I just want everybody in this room, everybody at home, whether you've accepted the Lord or not, but maybe today for the first time you are accepting him, accepting him, that would you, as we pray this prayer together, 
Would you mean it in your heart? And as you do, you will be a new creation. So everybody right here in the sound of my voice, would you pray after me? God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I want to trust him as my savior. And I want to follow him as my Lord. And let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that prayed this prayer and meant it in their heart in this moment that, Lord, you have come into their life and you are making them brand new at this moment. The old is gone, the new is come, and they're no longer going to remain in that grave. But now their condition is going to meet the position that we have in you, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us, Lord, no matter what we've done. Thank you for setting us free and giving us the hope of eternal life. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.